Does picking an outfit have you running a little too fashionably late? We get it. Great taste takes time. That's why Drizzly, the number one app for alcohol delivery, has your back with the largest selection of beer, wine, and spirits, delivered in under 60 minutes. Convenience never goes out of style. So if you need to spend some extra time in the mirror instead of at the store, download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. I got an angel by my side. All right, welcome back once again. Holy moly, have we been around for four years? Yes, we have. And yes, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. Happy birthday, my friend. Same to you. Happy fourth birthday. Nice. As If you don't know already... You ought to know. I'm Aaron Camaro. That's Chris and Zach. And, of course, this is the Decibel Geek Podcast. We've been here for a little while. Yeah, we have a lot of facial hair for a four-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We do. It's yeah, good. It's a, it's a, Where the hell did we begin today? Oh, man. It's a, it's a special week. As you know, you've seen who our guest is this week. Fantastic. There's, there's no better person to have on uh, than a, an interview that has that has been four years in the making. It really, truly has. We've been wanting to have Mark Slaughter on this show for four years, and I've tried so many ways to do it. And we finally got him, and he answered every annoying question that we had to ask. Yes, including the <laughs> ones that you guys sent in. There, this episode could easily qualify as another Vinnie Vincent special, but there's Ex- more except, to it than yeah, that. Yeah, except there's so much more to yeah. it than just the Vinnie Vincent invasion. But, oh, yeah, we're going to cover it. And, oh, yeah, Mark Slaughter was cool enough to talk about all of it with yes. us. Did not hold back. Um, he didn't. Did not mince words. Um, you know, it's funny because people always gave me the impression that don't ask Mark Slaughter about Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, and then when I, we sat down with him after a number of uh, hop skips and jumps to find a place that was open at the time of night to meet up with him. This is the funny thing you guys got to know about this. This interview you're going to hear today <laughs> took place in a corner booth at an old Charlie's restaurant. Yes, because we eat in style at the Decibel Geek Park. <laughs> <laughs> or any place that stays open enough to let us hang out. Hit the donate button more, and then we'll have the next one at the Palm. But, nice. Yeah. But it was uh, it was fun to talk to him, and then we sat down with him, and it, it kind of hit me, and I was like, he seems nice enough, and, you know, when's the next time we're going to get to talk to him? If I have to wait another four years, I'm going to get every question I can out. Right. So you're going to hear the waitress bringing us stuff. Yeah. So you're going to kind of be on a fl- fly on the wall in the booth. But it, it sounds good, and uh, Mark was super nice to do it. One and, thing that I noticed that night that was really cool was the manager that came and checked on yeah. us. She knew who Mark Slaughter oh, was, sure. no doubt about it. She got a little jittery and stuff when she came back there. She knew who he was. Yeah, there were. you could tell some, some of the people working there were excited. Either that, that or she there. was like, holy shit, that's Chris Sinzak. Uh, you're probably right on the first count. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, who's that guy sitting with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro? Right, uh, sure. It was, uh, it was a fun night, and um, as you know, we, uh, when we announced that we were going to be talking to Mark a couple of weeks ago, we had put out the call for um, listener questions. You guys um, came up with and some you guys damn good ones. had some really good ones, and um, as you'll hear through the thing, 
We uh, asked a number of your questions, got as many in as we could, and then Mark did pick a winner. So you'll hear during the conversation who won, and you'll get an autographed picture of Mark. Very cool. And there's also Mark didn't have to do that. No, he didn't. He was he offered that super up. super laid so back cool. guy. And um, he also um asked a, a trivia question at the end of the conversation. And if you're the first person to answer the question through our email account at feedback at decibelgeek.com, you will be the winner of another autographed picture of Mark Slaughter. And not only that, Mark sent a package filled with a lot of autographed pictures of himself. And we're going to have a contest on the brand new website to give those pictures away. And let's go ahead and talk about the new that's, website. That's a hell of a segue right there. Yeah. You have you guys seen the new website? I mean, wow. I've, it's it's amazing. I've seen too much of it over you the know, last few months. I know you months. have. But yeah, um, yeah. Basically, the it's beautiful. It's uh, the decibelgeek.com looks completely different. And uh, Rich, the Meister Dylan, who is our one of basically our head writer these days, and, and our best friend, and our best friend, and uh, and I, um, and Rich, Rich really did a lot of work on this, and I kind of I helped here and there, but I told him he had asked me. A few months ago, he's like, you know, we really should get the website updated and revamped. And, you know, with all these writers and all this material, it's just the blog style that we right. had on Blogger just didn't really work. Too much stuff was getting lost yeah. in the shuffle. And there's too much good stuff right. there to miss out on any of it. So I was, I kind of groaned because I remembered I did the build for the last version. And no it was, offense. Well, I did know, okay it, on the last version. It was okay, version. but I mean, but it ain't nothing compared to we what didn't it looks have, like now. We didn't have the staff that we had at that time, so it worked for what it was. And it was two months of living hell trying to figure out HTML coding because I'm not, I'm not a uh, IT person. It was right. all I learned how to do it. So I told him, I said, "Yes, we can revamp the site, but I'm not doing the work." And I was like, "Let's put find somebody that can do it." And that's where I that's where I have to pick up, and I have to thank um, a couple of people here that were. The real brains and the uh, brawn behind this this build, um, a guy named John Steele uh, from Steele Technologies and a company called Superlinks that's the hosting company for the new site, and Jeff Bellamy, his partner who works for Prime Web and Graphic Design, and Rich knows Jeff and has known him for a while, and John is kind of his right hand man, and lots of conference calls and emails yeah. back and forth with us and John. And the guy is just a saint, and he worked his ass off for this website. And it's truly, it's it's a sight to behold. It it's honestly gorgeous. is. And, I'm looking at it right yeah, now. I'm, I getting, can't, I'm getting aroused. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> I can't take full credit for this. And, I've never but, been more turned on by a website <laughs> in my life. Well, now I'm getting scared. <laughs> and I've seen a lot of websites that normally turn people on. Well, if this site is turning, <laughs> if this site's turning people on, then I need to charge an entry fee for it. Right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those, you know, thanks to them and and Rich, I and did an amazing amount of work on and this. And totally, website. you know, and the thing is about those guys that that have put this together for us. You know, what you need to know is that I know there's a whole lot of people out in the world that are listening to this. If you have a business and you need an, a, an amazing website built, I mean, yeah. go to decibelgeek.com. Yep. Look what these guys did to us. Scroll all the way to the bottom of the page. And there's their links. And get them to do it for you. Yeah, because, they're, I they're, mean, they're, professional. Absolutely. Their links are at the very bottom of the page. And click on them and tell them we sent you because we couldn't be happier with how it turned out. And uh, also, on uh, I, while I'm giving out thanks, a amazing four-year retrospective video was put together by our YouTube guy, Patrick, 
It made and me cry. It, I got a little choked up watching it, it too. Cry, you know? And um, it was kind of a "This Is Your Life" moment. We took uh, Kiss's uh, cover of the Ramones. Do you remember Rock and Roll Radio? Yeah. And I sent him as many pictures as I could possibly find that had anything to do with Decibel Geek. If you guys haven't seen it yet, you need, you need to go to YouTube. Like, just pause this for go a to second. Decibelgeek.com, and it's right go there. Go to Decibelgeek.com. It's right there. You know, it, it'll take you to the YouTube, and it, it's amazing. Decibelgeek four years. Just put it in in Google and. It'll bring you right to it. Yeah, it's, or just save yourself some time. And go to this awesome new website yes. we got. And yeah, just watching it. And I told Patrick, I was like, "You did exactly what we could have. You know, perfect. There's, I wouldn't right. change a thing about it." Because here's the thing, you know, we're always concentrating on what's new, what's next, what are we doing next, what are we recording next week, what are we doing the week after that. We don't have a whole lot of time to really sit and reflect not on usually. all we've done i mean and it's been four years it doesn't seem like no it, it does not but it's been four years that we've been doing this it's amazing believe. we've had so much fun and got to become friends with so many cool people yeah. you know shout out chad lee yeah you know, he helped us set up set this up with mark slaughter today absolutely with, without chad lee this wouldn't be so and also i have to mention another person that helped out in the setting up of this interview a guy named johnny price who also helped me put me in touch with mark also so right on the combined efforts of those two really helped a lot awesome and um but yeah so as we mentioned the autograph pictures that are going to be given away all um shot by chad lee of chad lee yeah. photography you remember chad he was part of our Pantera discussion. And we're getting that guy back on the show one way or Good another. Good friend of the show. That's what happens every time we meet somebody. They're so cool. We say, let's do this episode. And then when it's over, it's like, damn, what can we do? How can you we get this back. guy back on now? We got to find a way. So if you got any suggestions on how yeah. we can get Chad Lee back on the show, we're more than open well, to hear it. We'll obviously have, we'll do the Ride for Dime thing again, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so we're uh, we're eight minutes into this intro, and I haven't done Geeks of the Week yet. Well, sorry, sorry yeah. we're, so we're well, embellishing. Before, let me say, before we do Geeks of the Week, you know, of course, we always remind you that Decibel Geek, at its core, is an infomercial for rock and roll. Yep. That's what we do. We're here to let you know that there's new rock bands, there's old rock bands, there's all kinds of great music out here in the world, and you deserve to hear it all. And you deserve to own it. If you want to buy something... The best way to do it, really nowadays, is just go to Amazon. They've got whatever you want at Amazon.com. But the best way to get to Amazon is go to the brand new, brand spanking new, gorgeous, beautiful, it'll turn you on, decibelgeek.com, <laughs> and right at the top, right below the old scroller slider, deal, yeah. slider, you do all the technical terms. You yes, haven't I've really been at for it for a while. He's <laughs> got the link. It's it's right there. You the can't miss Amazon it. Amazon banner. The banner's right there. You hit that banner. We appreciate Amazon so much because they give us an outlet to say, hey, we're promoting some good rock and roll music, some great bands, and this is the place to go get them. You click that link. It takes you right to Amazon. And the beautiful thing about it is you don't have to pay a penny extra for whatever, nope. whatever you're buying, whether it be a yacht. Or a, slaughter, a or a slaughter CD. Absolutely. You know, either way, a little bit of money comes back to the Decibel Geek podcast and it helps us keep things free. Yes. That's what it's all about around here. We want to always, you know, we talked about four years ago, we always wanted to create the podcast that we wanted to hear. All right. Does that sound familiar? Yeah. That we, sounds like a band I love. It's the KISS blueprint for podcasts. Absolutely. If you're going to idolize somebody and take their marketing idea and apply it to a podcast, why not KISS? They're only the greatest band of all time, right? Yep. Aaron Camaro condoms are on the way. <laughs> 
I hope not. In the meantime, yeah. there's there's all kinds of other cool stuff you yes. can get to through the website, be it t shirts, you know, posters, yes. whatever, bedspreads, you know, all brand kinds new, of cool uh, stuff. Brand new t shirt will design will be up soon. Yeah. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah, well reflect the new look of the site. And, and if uh, you go through Amazon, I could even get myself a t shirt. I still got one of the old school ones. That's but I true. wear it sometimes. Yeah, I still have one too. And um before just before we get into we're about to get in with the talk. The oh, talk thing with Mark. too, real quick. If you're out there and you're going to rock shows, wear your decibel geek t shirt, get a picture Take taken a picture. and we will put you on this brand spanking new website absolutely and uh, before we get in with mark just to say if um you've been a listener of the show for a long time because a lot of complaints over the years of well i love the radio suck shows or i love the year in review shows or i love the vinnie vincent specials and we've done five of those this one yeah. could count as six but it's could. a it's a conversation but with it's Mark's even better than that but um we've we've remedied that issue on this new site there everything is broken down into those sections if you want radio sucks and that's it it's right there. Yep. If you want Vinnie Vincent specials, it's right there. All of it has its own section. We've made this as navigation-friendly as possible. We want to make it easy on you. You guys are too busy rocking and rolling to try to navigate some crazy website and try to find something you just can't put your fingers yes. on. Decibel Geek, put your fingers on it. You'll love it. Yes, and before we get in with Mark, here's the Geeks of the Week for last week. If you're new to the show, these are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter the link to last week's 2001 Year Interview Part 2. Heavy episode, for yeah. sure. Um, the, the Geeks of the Week for this week are Matt Ashcraft, Mike Stewart, Dave Shirt, Howard Tate, Billy Hardaway, Jeff Hoagland, Wayne Cross, Justin Hayes, Colin Francis, Mike Blunt, Mark Alden-Taylor, Robin Bennett, Todd Cunningham, Joe Lescon, Shane Abair, Ian Wiley of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, Warren Money, Sit and Spin with Joe, Wayne Newburn, Brian Knapp, Chad Pollock, Joe Royland, Podcast of the Best, Hoops, Music Mags and Wax, Jack Broad, Jan Daniel Chaput, Raw Magazine, Hot Metal Magazine, and Faces Rocks Magazine. That's amazing. We love all you so much for helping us spread the word because, man, that's what it's all about. That's why we are where we're at today. You know, I feel successful today. I do, too. You know, we're not millionaires, obviously. You know, we're not making really any money off of this. You know, it's every any little penny we get off of Amazon, you know, through that link, it goes right back into the show. So we're not totally. getting rich. We're doing this. Why? Because we love it. Because we love it. Yeah. And we love you. And we want you guys to enjoy interviews with guys like Mark Slaughter. Yes. That's what you're going to get today. And if you love what you hear this week, just share it or retweet it, and I'll mention your name next week. Heck yeah, you'll be famous as us. So no time like the present. Let's do it. I can't wait. This was so much fun. Here's our talk with Mark Slaughter. Okay, so, so how's it going, Mark? It's going good. Man, it's pretty awesome to get to hang out with you, man. Yeah, appreciate well, you taking the time. I appreciate it, too. Heck, yeah, this yeah. is awesome. We've been checking out the new album. We really love it. Cool. It kicks ass. Well, thanks. You know, you, got, you know, we're here with Mark Slaughter. We know the fans. We, you know, Decibel Geek, this is our kind of music. You know, Slaughter, Vinnie Vincent, sure. Invasion, the new album. Everybody really loves it all. So this is really a treat for everybody. Cool. Yes. So we got, we, we put it out to the people. We got some questions from a lot of fans. Oh, cool. I, I got questions love for that. you. And we got, of course, questions yeah, ourselves. Rebel IPA. So is there another one you want? Another one? Uh, just the ice water. That's fine. Some ice water. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, and our, our good friend Chad Lee was supposed to be here, but he is under the weather. Yeah, poor He was going to come out and bring some prints. Um, okay. But he will get in touch with you and get a couple of prints autographed. Oh, yeah, we're, absolutely. We're going to give away. You know what? I, I, uh, I'll get some real good, real good okay. prints made for you guys. Awesome. Nice. Actually, I just found a place that does it. So. Okay, excellent. Yeah, and um, so what we're going to do is I had a Chad, uh, we're going to do two. So we're going to read off some questions from fans, and you will pick the question you like best, and that will be the winner. Okay. And we will send the print out to them, and then before we're done, we're going to, I was going to see if you wanted to pick it, but if not, it's okay. Um, pick a trivia question about your career, and the first person that answers at feedback at decibelgeek.com will win the other thing. Okay. Nice. So that's I like the, that. That's, that's the cool. Way. That's a cool idea. Yeah, that way you get one in advance and one after. Because you got to be a true fan to get right. that one. Yeah. Right. About excursion? Uh, <laughs> no, I have a theory. Exempt. <laughs> no, Billy... Billy's here with us. Billy's playing with house money, so he, he knows too much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so i got to imagine over the years you've done a ton of interviews. What question do you get asked more than any other? Is there is there one that always seems to come up? Um, well, a lot of times it's more radio, so it's like a... You know, they'd say, so, Fly the Angels, what's that song about? Right. So that's usually the, yeah. the common thing, which is, you know, about, wrote about a girl I went to high school with who passed away, and, and that's what I, I wrote the song about, you know? Right. So other than that, it's about letting go and moving on with your life, as we are all right. at that age where we're living that more than we really want to. Right. We see friends and family go. You yeah. Know? yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a real-life song with a real-life meaning, you know? Yeah. So that's usually that's a typical. That's one. the first one. And you there's think. the answer. Yeah. Um, I nice. Do, I do. Before get that we, out of the way right yeah. away. <laughs> Boom, and, knock it out. And as I, I talked to you before pre-interview, um, we are kind of a Vinnie Vincent fan show. Sure. So we will get into that. I do want to lead with a little bit of talk about the new record because that's what you're pushing right now. Uh huh. Um, it's uh, it's I've been listening to it all week, and it's really good, and it's really, it's definitely not a slaughter album. No, which not. I know you intended for it, for it to be that. Way. I didn't, I, you know what? I didn't really go. Okay, I'm not going to write a slaughter record. I just wrote music, right? And I, I wrote the, uh, I wrote with the lyricist here in town, uh, John Goodwin, who's just brilliant. Kip is even real. Oh, okay. As well. right, huh? And. Uh, and uh, he's uh, he's great, and we just really try to get things where they are a little bit deeper and a little bit uh, there's a little bit more depth in it, mm-hmm. you know. And that's what I was really trying to go with in this record, I think. Yeah, because on like a "Carry Me Back Home," is that a mandolin I'm hearing in that? Song? Yeah. So like you're not going to hear mandolins on a Slaughter album? No, no. No, actually, not. actually, in Fear No Evil, that is me playing mandolin on oh. one of the small pieces in between. It was like an interlude. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was correct. it with the echo, with like an echo on it. it had oh, a, okay. Repeat ping pong delay, and I was just sitting there playing. And Dana's like, "That's kind of cool. Hold on a second. He was in the he was in the studio, you know, dialing it in. Right. And said, "Play with that echo for a bit," and we just I played it, and uh, it went on the record. That yeah. Way. And one, th- one thing I wanted to mention about the new album, like, you know, everyone remembers what you, you know, sing like the Up All Night video on TV, so they see you just out front singing. I know you play guitar on Fly to the Angels, but I think the vast majority of music listeners are, are used to seeing you, like, being in front of the front man. Yeah. yeah. You're an incredible guitar player. Oh, thank you. And, yeah, and the, the guitar work on this album is fantastic. Awesome. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, especially the solos, like... I mean, some seriously tasty guitar solos. Well, thank you. Yeah. We never expected it yeah. out of you, man. Well, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, my friend Mitch Lafon, he had that. He you know, he had uh, 
he had this uh, Kiss tribute yeah. thing that he did. Oh yeah, like, uh, World I want you to sing on it. I want you to do something. And I'm like, okay, well I'll do something. I'll play guitar. Right. He's like, okay. Uh, we're ju- we're just gonna sit around and chat for a bit. Okay, you don't we'll want get any food or Not right now. I'm a little bit. Should I just leave these here then? Yeah, thank you. Okay. Perfect. And and uh, it it was funny because he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said. Give me a song I could just totally go for it on. And he goes, like Vinnie Vincent one? He goes, how about Unholy? It was really a Vinnie Vincent song, but he didn't play it. And I said, perfect. Because I said, but let's just say that Vinnie did. And he did approach it and did play on that. That was my approach as a guitar So you were trying, what would Vinnie do? It's like, what would Vinnie do? What would Vinnie do on that? And I said, listen to it. (laughs) No, I have have a Jackson. I actually have a a Jackson Sparkle finish. I'm actually getting rid of it now. Uh Um, But I used it on that, just on that song. Oh, okay. And it was just, you know, it's just like what he, you know, the shark fin like he used in the Lick It Up tour is that style. Right. But it has a certain tonality to it. Sure. It was good for that, but you know, I'm, I'm not not really using it anymore. Right. Okay. Because you can't be Vinnie Thank Vincent you. all the time. Yeah, it'd be awful. No, but you know what? You know what? There's there's a thing about it, and I and I again, that's a part of my music history that I don't run from. Yeah. I'm I'm, I'm really proud of what you know, both Dana and I, what we accomplished and you know and, and, and Bobby and, yeah. and Vinny as well even though it was kind of a, an odd situation right um, I, I look back on those records and I go man there's a lot of great memories attached to this sure. and yeah. that's kind of you know as records go by in, in all of our lives and I always say this like the soundtrack of our lives yeah. um, and that's really what I was trying to do with this record is make a record that is kind of not only a soundtrack of of you know, to where I, I think people would identify with it, but I used a lot of sounds that, that were part of my life. My dog is snoring after the first track. Um, you know, he's scattered through there. You yeah. know, um, my mama is no longer with me, and my father is no longer with me around the record, just miscellaneously. You know, there's just things all over the record that yeah. is that that to me is personal in the reflections in the rearview mirror of the right. things that are behind me. Yeah. yeah, so it's kind of an autobiographical album. In some ways, and where my music, you know, where, where I've been, you know, uh, I don't think I intentionally even thought I'm making a record. It was just one of those things that I had a collection of songs, yeah. and then I said to Michael, hey, when I get this stuff done, you want to mix it? He's like, sure, I'd love to. And then yeah. that's kind of like, okay, well, I'll work to get it to Michael, and then we'll get it you know, yeah. from there. And we were excited when we heard, you know, not only that you were doing an album that, that he was going to work on. Yeah. It's, it's a great combination, you know. It's it's really it was really cool because you know it's it was different for him in the side of just you know and just mixing it that side of not just saying hey we'll try this or try this but a lot of the ideas that I had and things he totally understood what I was doing right I didn't have to like get on the phone and say well you know on the you know the the 15th track if you just pan it here yeah. it's just like he knew yeah we, we both it was just a, a magic that I just said wow this is really cool yeah see I think that's always the thing about Michael Wagner he's such an enhancer you know mm-hmm. he can take something that's a basic idea and mm-hmm. just make it blossom into because. something so audio yeah, mind blowing every and he time does, and he does a different treatment to like for what I was doing it's very different than what I was doing not that what I was doing was wrong but right. it was it was 
better for me to have a guy who's a, such a pro like that. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're in good hands with Yeah. Him. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, like, Trust it. What's being said on the phone calls and somewhere isn't here? What is that? Well, the first the first thing is uh, the, the, the way we even came up with the song, which is that song is funny that's the first question about the record. Mm-hmm. John... You know, my friend, he, he said, Hey, bro, I've got these lyrics. See if you can do anything with them. Just literally handed me a sheet of lyrics with verse, chorus, and this, just the whole thing written out lyrically. And then I'm looking at it going, What would the music be for this? And it could be slow because it's such, it, it really, it's a very somber subject yeah it was, it's almost political isn't it it's yeah and it, you know somewhere the bombs are falling somewhere the bullets are flying somewhere someone's running for cover but somewhere isn't here no It's about the bubble that we live in. Right. So what I wanted to do as an artist is put the things that are in my bubble right. at the end. So it's my mom, it's you know uh, my buddy Pat, it's Dana, it's Mark Farner from Grand Funk. Oh, really? Um, it, you know, in other words, calls. Uh-huh. You know, and, and it was just, you know, my son, hey, Dad, I'm home. You know, there's just like... All the things that are in my world that I was trying to convey of what was happening. Well, that one stuck right. out, stuck out to me. When I listened to it. It's interesting because it's written totally different than I that I would even write a slaughter record. Huh? Because we would normally write the riffs and the guitar stuff, mm-hmm. and then I'd drive around in my car and come up with melodies, and then I'd write lyrics to the melody that I have. Right. Like I'd I'd already have the bouncing ball, like a like an orchestra part. Yeah. And then I'd write the lyrics to that. Yeah. So that's how I normally would write it. So it's a complete opposite for me. Yeah, and like one of our listener questions was from a guy named Mike Davis who said, when you write, what's your inspiration? Does it start with a riff, a melody line, lyric, or something you've seen or heard? Do you prefer writing solo or bouncing ideas off of somebody? Well, I, I don't. I I think that musically, I'm I'm hearing everything kind of done in my head. I, I hear things musically, so lyrically is probably, unless it's something that uh, that is a strong lyric. But Flight Angels, I knew that was going to be the, the title of it, and I knew the the part of the the chorus would be be that. But as far as the story of the whole song, I didn't have it when we walked in to do slaughter stuff. Right. So I, I don't think there's a certain exact way that I would do that it's just how it, how, how it falls how the song writes and how it it naturally flows is really where I go with right it. okay okay um, and, uh, <laughs> this one was a funny one and take it in the spirit in which it's intended uh, a listener named Cal Hens <laughs> says what was it like growing up with a famous father was the military or professional wrestling ever an aspiration of yours to follow in his footsteps <laughs> <laughs> well you know Texas John Slaughter yeah is uh, that's <laughs> d- d- down down my my 
bloodline. Oh, okay. And he was a badass. Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, that goes way back. But as far as the wrestling thing, never really got yeah. into that side of it. So you ever, never crossed paths never with Sarge? Crossed, <laughs> never never crossed paths with, with, or Enos. Or Enos. I did, I did get a... Enos Slaughter, the baseball I did, player. Yeah, I did yeah. get a... I do have a baseball from him, though. Yeah. Somebody had run into him and, and got that for me. My night's been made. Enos Slaughter just got referenced on the show. That's nice. Right. Yeah. I collect old baseball. Yeah, cards. there you go. And yeah. Sarge and Slaughter in the same sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, that, now that's thanks, going Cal. pretty deep. That's cool. Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, that's a, I like that one. My friend Josh wanted to know, um, and uh, we're big Kiss fans, so this also relates a little bit to what to Paul Stanley's current status. Uh-huh. Uh, he always wondered, with such a, a unique and high voice, what you've done to take care of it over the last 25 years. Um, because, you know, as a lot of Kiss fans know, Paul has gone through changes with his voice. But, I mean, you've, I know it's, at least from what I've read, you have gone through, like, nodule surgeries in the past. In 92, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so, like, I mean, because you, you hit astronomically high yeah. notes. I mean, your voice sounds just and powerful it sounds today. Great on the new album. Yeah. So, like, what do you do to take care of that? I, I found out that the, the biggest issue that I have, and as you get older, is dryness. Yeah. And I was going, there was a time when I was out singing, and I'd be like, God, man, I just feel so dry. And I'm, and I drink tons of water, and I'm like, what's wrong with this? And I went to the to uh, St. Thomas, and I did a, you know, where they knock you out and go in your stomach and make sure you don't have this coming up and that coming yeah. up. And, Lo, lo and behold, did a swallow test where they ch- make you swallow things while the while the, the X-rays on, so you're watching things go down your throat. That's and the lady goes, she goes, she goes, you don't swallow great. She goes, and I go, oh, thanks a lot. So, so, so she goes, she goes, she goes. Uh, she said, what it is is you're you're lacking saliva. Huh. And so my voice doctor gave me uh, pills that I take only around shows. Is the only time I take it. I couldn't spit on the ground if I wanted. Makes the salivary so glands. So if your voice is dry, yeah, then it doesn't, then it sticks. Right. Yeah. So like I can't, you know, a lot of times unless I'm taking something to add the saliva or to get the moisture down there, I, it, my voice isn't really. Yeah, it doesn't sound as good. That's um, a, yeah. So that's that's probably the biggest thing. And the other thing is, is for me, which is really hard to do, is just to shut up. So <laughs> talk. you just yeah, yeah, when you talk. Especially like right now, I'm talking in my true voice. Yeah. And a lot of times you get tired and you talk like this. And when you do that, that's not my true voice. And what happens is my, if you're looking on a scope, your your vocal cords are slapping against each other, oh, which right. actually caused more damage in my in my vocals. Right. When I got tired from singing or just you know we were doing the promotional tours and doing this and radio yeah. and this and a performance here and then an after show and this. That's what tore me up is the talking. Right. So like Celine Dion, for instance, not it's any part of this, but she does not even speak. I've heard that. And yeah, she writes it down because you can't physically do it. You're supposed to just shut up. Right. Hmm. So you know when it comes to like some shows in a row, I'm a lot more soft spoken. And you know, Dana, Dana speaks well, so yeah, yeah we know about that. <laughs> yeah. We know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you a question. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. I'll be at the bar if you need me. Folks. Although I was noticing yeah. earlier, he's like not on social media or anything. It's like you would think he would be all about that. He just doesn't. It's not something he really believes in or, or, or 
endorses. Yeah, he just does his own thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, he's just he's not into that. Does he get into Nashville much? No, no. He's in Vegas. We speak what twice a day, maybe. At the very least. The very least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I speak to him all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny. It's it's like the. You know, we're like brothers. That we actually call their touring company Smooth Brothers. Yeah. Nice. So he's part of the Smooth Brothers. Oh, okay. So, uh, so you know, it's it's been good. That's cool. Is there what was the reaction with him when you talked to him about wanting to do a solo album? I kind of, I, I really didn't get into it real heavy. It was kind of a, kind of a thing that I didn't really, you know, I was just recording and recording, and then I had Michael do it, and I said, you know what, I'm going to put some stuff out. He kind of discounted it as like, oh, just, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, you know, he recorded a record with Vince. So, he's right. doing, you know, he's doing stuff. So doing it's stuff. me just being an artist. And it, again, as you, you mentioned Kiss mm-hmm. and in that side of it, I think it's no different than Paul Stanley doing a solo record, sure. which his solo records are amazing. Yeah. But it's not Kiss. Right. Right. So it's more about just being an artist and getting your music out there instead of overthinking it and that was probably for me it was just like I have to start making music and getting things out yeah is there any plans in the works of more slaughter stuff um we talk about it yeah but uh we're in four different yeah places because Josh also wanted to know if Slaughter would be doing music for the new Bill and Ted movie right is there really really I think they're getting a distributor right now it's written and they're both going to do it but if they do that they should go back and contact Slaughter and Kiss and Richie Cotson get all them guys back putting new music out on that that'd be awesome yeah that would be cool yeah right totally righteous so um let's go um, let's see. David Lawrence wanted to know, which we want to know too. What what it, stories about touring with Kiss on like the Hot in the Shade tour? And he heard that the brown leather jacket from the Flight of the Angels video was Gene Simmons' jacket. That's correct. So he would he In give fact, that to you? He, well, no. Here's here's how that went. Charge you a rent for it? Yeah. No, he, says, he says, listen, this is how we're gonna do it. Here we go. Mark, you're gonna borrow my jacket. Gave it back. But you're gonna give it back to me. Yeah. So it was actually it was actually the the uh, the seamstress on the video yeah. worked with Gene. Oh. And you know I'm a big guy and Gene's a big guy and she's like, well I know somebody's got a jacket exactly like you're looking for. And I said, okay. But and that was it. Yeah. I'm gonna have to give it back because thanks for using my jacket in the video. It looked great. Awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's yeah, there's missing. Yeah, well, he missed that opportunity, didn't he? Right. <laughs> well, it's a little too early to have kissonline.com across the shoulders or something. Yeah. Well, blasted the uh, the space for rent, right? Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Uh, he got that from Gene, right? Yeah, probably. But no, like the uh, I was uh, we've interviewed the we've, we've, we've interviewed Bruce Kulick and Gary Corbett, and now you. Right. So I've now interviewed three people that were on stage the night of my first Kiss concert. Oh wow! The nice. 1990 show at Starwood here in Nashville. Starwood, yes. yes. I remember it oh do you yeah absolutely you guys were great oh thank you it was a yeah I'll, of course being my first kiss show is magical but it was yeah. you guys in danger danger yeah it was yeah yeah good bunch of guys yeah yeah it was it, it was uh you know you 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 run into the and a sad part of it is is these sheds as we call them in the industry are, are all shutting down becoming condo yeah. places and stuff but yeah. it was such a cool there's something about the air at nighttime 
in the summertime. Oh, yeah. That you, know, you got your beer, you got yeah. your friends. Yep. You know, it's just it's, it is magical. Yeah, and I I miss that. It would the most probably the most magical to me was we were over we, we went and did the 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 tour with Cinderella and the Gulf you know when the Gulf War happened we came back and the guys in Kiss said yeah come back so we, we jumped back on the on the tour and a week before a week before we got back with them Seaver A Vaughn had that helicopter crash. right like and it was Valley. Alpine Valley yeah. exactly and literally it was a week before so I get up on stage, and you look to the right, and you can see the charred lawn. Oh my God! Where where he died, and I said, I said, uh, right before Fly the Angels, I said, look, uh, I like to dedicate this next song to Stevie Ray Vaughan. This is Fly the Angels, and the whole place, twenty thousand people. There wasn't one lighter that wasn't in the, in the sky. And I still nice. get goosebumps to this day where I just go, wow. It's like almost like a religious experience. That's when you take to the grave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and you just kind of go, wow, okay. Yeah. So it's, it's bigger than me. It's bigger yeah. than, than you know, the song and the experience as everybody. And there's people still come up, man, when I saw that, and I go, I, I felt it too. There's just a magic that happens sometimes when, when as a performer or entertainer yeah. that you just go, wow, that was really cool. And that was cool. Which is why you get into it to start with. I mean, yeah. Because you experience it as a kid. Experience that, yeah. 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 And as part of, of what, you know, I grew up in Vegas, so I saw my concerts in indoor. Mm-hmm. So it was like the Aladdin Theater for Performing Arts, which is now, you know, not even, it's not even that. It's, uh, um, which one is it? It's uh, Planet Hollywood. Right. You know, I think yeah. Britney Spears does her show there. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, uh, the, um... Well, the Hot and Shade tour, obviously, for Kiss fans, they know it was the last one with Eric Carr. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you got to know him pretty well during that time. Eric was responsible for turning Gene and Paul onto our record. Okay. Right on. Through through uh, his, his girlfriend, Carrie. Yeah, Carrie Stevens. Yeah. And that's true. Yeah. She said, wow, this is really a great record. And, yeah. and he's like, wow, it is. And then he went to them. And then, so he, they, they kind of knew what was coming yeah. before the public even knew because we held the record for six months after we finished recording it in 89 because the record company didn't have their marketing together. And we said, we're not releasing this until this is set and we get the video in the can. Mm-hmm. And, and then we didn't tour with Kiss until. You know, basically a week before we were going out with Kiss uh-huh. is when we did the Fly the Angels video. Yeah, because Up All Night was already a it hit. was already going. And I, yeah. you know, and uh, you know, and I'm a diehard Kiss fan, but I have no shame in admitting that Slaughter brought a lot of people into those sheds. Oh yeah, but you, guys you know were what? Hot at we that we we did we did bring a lot of people yeah. there. And 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 again, it's it was funny because you know, and Gene and and Paul and everybody knew it, but it wasn't something that we were. Um, Demanding, we still always had respect for those guys, and, yeah. and 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 they knew that you know we were we were just glad to be there. It was yeah. it wasn't about that. It was all about like it was a cool time. We all you know 
rubbed elbows and yeah. we we played the home video for for Gene and I've never seen him laugh so hard he cried. <laughs> I, he laughed so hard that he cried and I never saw him laugh that hard before. Oh, that's good. Did they treat y'all good on on they on the tour because they always say that they give bands everything they want. They they did they did they they were very accommodating to us and I think that you know we did our first leg with them and uh, and we. Uh, went into our dressing room it was at the end of the, the first leg we had a, actually had a couple days left on it and they said uh, we went into our dressing room and there were two bottles of Dawn and of champagne and it said please consider continuing the tour with us um, kiss you know and they signed it and I thought what a class act yeah. You know, and it was like, cool. you know, because I looked in the touring history book and yeah. it has at the back the bands who toured the most with Kiss, and y'all were number three. Huh, I didn't know that. We toured 11 shows. 11 shows. We did Ted Nugent was number one because he toured with well, them they've all done multiple the tours the 70s and yeah. the yeah. slaughter for a new band. And for yeah, that's that, pretty incredible. That's pretty and you know awesome. why? Because, and it was, and it was also this funny, I think that there was a Vinnie Vincent tie. They because had, had been, yeah. But and it was so funny because Gene, the first day, we walked in. The, the, we, you know, it was in Lubbock, Texas. We walked in. And Gene says, "You know, hey." He goes, uh, "How are you, Mark? It's good to see you." Jacket looked great in the video. And, and, and uh, you know, to remind me again. Yeah, that was and, mine, uh, you know. And, and then, and then he said, "Whatever. Listen." We are not going to ever discuss Vinnie Vincent ever on this whole tour. See, I was ask about and I really? said, and, and I said, okay, Gene. And he goes, and then it was like five minutes later. He goes, you know what really bothers me? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about like, like, how often, like, how long? Five minutes. Yeah, we're like, how you long know, did it take for the Vinnie stories? To well, start? Like, you know what? It was funny. We really didn't get in a thing where we're like saying this or that. It's yeah. just that I think we both in agreement and that. You know, Vinny is a very talented guy, but stood in his own way. Yeah. Right? And I think that's really what we both established pretty quick and then let right. it go. I think that's pretty much the common consensus. Everybody has said that when they talk about Vinny. He was his own worst enemy. Well, again, um, you know, not to get on the hey, Vinny's an incredible guitar player thing, but, you know, I was a teacher. Yeah. And I'll never forget when we were on tour with Iron Maiden and I was talking guitar player talk with him. He was like, you know, we're starting to finally get that relation where we can talk about Mm -hmm. things. And I go, love Jeff Beck. Jeff Beck's my favorite guitar player of all freaking time. And I didn't know that. You know, I'm just a snot-nosed kid, just, you know, put my guitar down to be a singer. And he goes, oh, you mean Jeff Beck? And he just starts playing this Jeff Beck stuff. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Next thing you know, Dave Murray, all the guys yeah. and I are made in their techs are standing on the outside of our dressing room watching him play this stuff and go, mate, why don't you play like that? And Vinny goes, because it's boring. Wow. But he's capable oh, sure. yeah. of playing yeah, I've brilliant heard. Adam Mitchell's told me the same thing. And, yeah, yeah. And, and on top of that... Uh, Grover Jackson, same thing. Yeah, we had that conversation just, you know, at the last name. That's the thing, though. People talk about him doing all the fast noodling stuff, but that's what was going on at the time, though, too. And he was he was the, just trying to be you know, in with the the rest to yeah, be recognized as is, is is the is with the shredders, but yeah. But he was the, a great songwriter. Yeah. I mean, his. Oh. Um, let me ask a couple more listener questions because we're gonna got a print to give away. The uh, this one kind of cracked me up. A person named Ziggy Z- Drums Crude. 
who is a, I think a drummer for a Motley Crue tribute band, mm-hmm. asked, what, it, what is it like having Zoltan Chaney steal all the attention at live shows? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what cracks me up with Zoltan? You know, he worked with this before, and he worked with this with Gloss. And uh, um, the funny thing is, is when, I, when, when we started doing it, with, doing the shows with Zoltan, I'd find myself, sometimes I'd turn around and just go, like, what the fuck are you doing? But it's like, it's it's engaging, because you're like, how can you do that? Yeah. But I, I think that there's, we're in the entertainment business. Right. And for us, I'd rather have the entertainment, Bloss was an entertaining drummer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and Bobby Rock, who yeah. came out and played with us, every drummer, Will Hunt, who was with us, mm-hmm. we've got a... A track of record, you know, of yeah. drummers that are phenomenal. Timbo was great, but Zoltan has this show thing where it's just kind of, you know, it's it's like if Tommy Lee and and uh, um, and uh, God, what's his name and Keith Moon had a uh-huh. child, it would be Zoltan. <laughs> you know, that's how I always look at it because it's unpredictable. Right. You don't know what's going to happen with them, but I like th- I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't ever look back I and don't, just roll your eyes. No, like, Come I, on, man. no, he'll throw sticks at me. I'll be the the, the coolest thing that, that as far as one of the crazy things we did, we played over, and, and this will never happen again. Yeah. Like, I know this will never happen again because it's just one of those. The wind wasn't blowing. Mm-hmm. We were inside the the Hard Rock in Tampa. And we were playing a show, and I walked it, over to the soundboard. And I said, Zoltan, I'm at the soundboard. And he threw the stick from the, the stage to the soundboard. The first one I missed. So I said, one more time. Do you need anything? Uh, we're good, okay. thank you. Throws the stick across, I mean, over the crowd. I catch it. Nice. And I'm thinking, oh shit, now the pressure's on me. So then I said, heads up, and I throw it. And it lost right over the top. And I'm still singing, and he's still playing, and he catches a freaking stick. No, it's just like one of those things of catching the the ball, the baseball over the wall. Yeah, it's not gonna happen again. But it was cool. Yeah, so it was like one of those things that that I just thought, you know, that. But it's fun to have that type of. Sure. You know, just to, to have fun during a show instead of just, you know, yeah. do your songs and, you know, clock in or do right. the song too fast. And, you know, a lot of bands do the songs too fast instead of where the tempo should be. Yeah, yeah I don't understand. Drives me nuts. Kiss did it for years. Yeah, you can't stand it. Ugh. And now, Deep Thoughts. With Gene Simmons. Two roads diverged in a yellow wood, and sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could, to where it bent in the undergrowth. I shall be telling this with a sigh, somewhere ages and ages hence, two roads diverged in a road and I. I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Dollars and bitches, y'all. Dollars and bitches. Ow! The Decibel Geek Podcast. Lock it in and rip the knob off. What? iPods don't have knobs? Well, lock it in. 
Okay. So let me get into a little bit of Vinny stuff for you. Okay. Okay. On All Systems Go, how hard did he push you on your vocal tracks? Was he super complicated in what he wanted? Because we know when we talked to Robert, Robert, you know, Robert we interviewed really Robert about the yeah. first thing. He, well, no, he never had a thing of singing higher. I don't think it was any of that. It's just, it, it was like, sing it this way. And then he'd, he'd mimic what he wanted me to do, and then I'd sing it that way, and then he goes, no, not that way. And then he'd leave, and then Dana and I would redo, you know, 70% of everything that we just did. Oh. And, you know, he'd come back in and go, this doesn't sound the same. Oh, yeah, it's exactly what happened yesterday. But it was, I don't think he was... But you could never sneak it past him, huh? Well, he... he just didn't grasp of what was going on yeah, and, right. and that stuff but I look at the vocals I sang that record twice because mm-hmm. I sang with Vinny the way he kind of wanted me to do it and I sang with Dana after Vinny left right uh, so was Dana so did any of the stuff I mean does some of it the stuff you and Dana did and some of the stuff Vinny wanted is it's it all, it's intermixed, all, it's intermixed. Yeah. Yeah, it's intermixed. Oh, yeah. I mean it's not like I just did everything completely different but right. there were a lot of things I'd say you know look, look at that later Right. Um, who owned the invasion? Was it all Vinny, or was Dana part of the part owner? No, of it? it was Vinny. Vinny's Vinny. It was Vinny Vincent's record deal. Right. And you know, censors kiss people who listen to this. Yeah. We'll give the exact course of events of how this happens because people ask and they they're right. still trying to figure it out. Yeah, I want to put some stuff to rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Here's right. how we're gonna do it. Vin, I had to sign a leaving member agreement with Chrysalis as well as Dana did and as well as Bobby did due to the fact that Steve Stevens left Billy Idol mm-hmm. and Jeff Aldrich who was the A&R guy for Chrysalis said we cannot afford to lose our talent if these people leave we need to have them sign an agreement that they will record four songs and we will have the option to pick up their option under the premise of the record la- of the record agreement that was done between the artists that they're signed under. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? I think right. so. so in other words, so Vinnie Vincent's record deal, when we were done doing in '88, when I never when I walked off the stage and never saw him again, yeah. we had to record four songs for the label, okay. which we did in 1988, going into '89 on New Year's Eve. We were okay. in the studio. Tim lost Dana and I. Okay. And that was Fly the Angels is one of those songs. Right. Desperately, a couple others. So anyway, we do the songs. We give it to... Bud Carr was our possible manager at the time. We managed Kansas. Mm-hmm. And we take it to the record label and they go, well, we're definitely doing... We're picking up Mark's option. Okay. So then they basically, by picking up my option... They had already dropped Vinny right? because they had disagreements and he didn't like them, they didn't like him, and that was done. They gave me his record deal. Okay. That's how I ended up with the record deal. I got you. Not that they just said, well, hey, Vinny, no, no. It was, they, no, we still had to prove ourselves as a band. Sure. And then they gave us the deal. And our premise with the deal at that point was either we are completely in creative control of this as as musicians and producers yeah and we get to do it all ourselves or else we don't want to be on the label right and that was a pretty hard That's a, yeah. thing to say but right. but by that we are the only band from our genre that wrote 
produced, yep. and still perform yeah. our music today. Those three things. That's right. Wrote, produced, and still perform. Mm-hmm. We're the only band that did there. that. Yeah. Well, in... One of the things, like, I research a lot of stuff, and, like, on these KISS message boards, there's there's one guy who posted on the Vinnie Vincent fan forum. Yes, there is one. And there's another guy who posted on a KISS FAQ message board. And I think it's the same person. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying who I think it is, right. but they seem to know things that a lot of people don't. And one thing this person posted, because I really wanted to ask you about this. You remember Mike Bone, I'm sure. I do. Mike Bone took over as president of KISS correct. He was the president during Vinny and when it was over with Vinny. And this person on this these message boards claims that basically claims that they that Mike Bone squeezed Vinny out and wanted you guys to have a man. No. Mike Bone didn't squeeze Vinny out. Vinny refused to do record or radio interviews. He wouldn't walk up a set of steps to yeah, go. Tom Silver told me about yeah. this. Yeah, this is the truth. Yeah. He he said I will not is there an elevator? Well, I'm not walking up the steps, and you know, he just. What is this wow. like an OCD thing? Yeah, you, I remember hearing about. I just, I don't think, I don't know if he could have. Huh. It was a long set of steps, and you know, maybe it would have been too winded. I don't know what the issue was, but I walked up those steps and I did the interview, and I was out there meeting people, and I was shaking hands, right. and I was doing what artists like Bonnie Raitt, who's a heritage artist, who's done this for a whole freaking life of meeting people and being an entertainer, yeah. never stopped doing that. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's but that's that's really what yeah. happened. Mike Bone did believe in me. Yeah. He did believe in Dana. Well, yeah. And he and and before we were even done with Vinny, this is the funniest part. He already knew. He said, you know what? I called Mike at one point when Vinny and Dana got into it. And Vinny pulled me down with his manager at the time and said, are you going to be in my band or are you going to go with Dana? Uh I said, I'd rather be in the gutter with Dana. Right. And that's part of the strength of the two of us is that he would do the same for me that I did for him right. and in this business we don't have a piece of paper written between us because there's that much trust right that's awesome well you went to the ringer to that's go. the way it's supposed to be right Right. you know as, as, a, as a colleague and a friend it's awesome right. so so in that side of it Mike knew that we that we were doing it and I told Mike I called Mike on the phone I said here's what's going to happen I mean I understand I'm 24 years old at the time when this is happening it's got to be kind of scary wow. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy. He goes, I called up Mike Bone and I said, listen, Dana's, Vinny doesn't want Dana out here. I don't want to be around this guy. He's driving me freaking nuts. But we're going to see the rest of this tour through. Yeah. And then we'll discuss. And Mike said, we won't. Yeah. That's all Mike said. Right. So as far as Mike Bone doing that, I think... There was two shows. We did Sacramento, and then we were going to play in Anaheim, which is our last show. Uh-huh. And in Sacramento, Dana and I were at the bar in the during the day of the sound check, having a soda, and MTV was on, and Love Kills video came on. And I looked up, and I and I just said, "Can you fucking believe that?" It said, "The Vinnie Vincent invasion." Yep. Featuring Mark Slaughter, right? I was going to ask you. Love kills. Yeah. And I was like, "Wow." Okay, so I knew I had 
the interest of the label. Sure. Right. At that point. Yeah, because they labeled it that way. Yeah, because yeah, they said, basically, they were saying, you know what, we're still with this guy. So was Mike Bone, in fact, doing that? I think it was just more of the thing that he knew that, that we were had a work etiquette to go out there and do our job. Sure. And that's all what any bands that are still around, if you, they still go do their job, they're the ones that are still Y'all would have been a better risk than Vinny yeah. ended up being. Yeah. Well, and they, Vinny wouldn't speak to him. I mean, well, Tom like, Silver, I interviewed him, and he corroborates the whole thing with the radio stations. Because he said, you know, he's like, Mark and Dana did what they had to do because Vinny's the face of the band. It's in his name, but they can't get the guy to leave, you know, the tour bus or whatnot. And, you know, what else are they supposed to do? You know? They have an album and and you know what? We, we supported the record, and again... They tried with the record, and and final. The funny thing is, is, is Dana and I sat on the bar stool as that video went. <clears throat> I'll never say, never remember, forget that Dana said, and of all fucking times, this is the most publicity that the band's got. It's, it's the best. It's and it's and it's and it's over tomorrow. Right? Is that when you kind of knew? That well, no, we were taught. We knew it was over. We right. knew we weren't going to play with Vinny again. But it was just kind of weird to look up and see it and just go, Yeah. It's it's freaking happening right now. Yeah. If they put the gas on this thing, at least it would go someplace, you know? Sure. So, you know it's it's a way that it's a way the river flows. Sure. You know. Vinny hasn't made a record since. Well, just no. An unreleased one. But yeah. Well he's yeah. made them and then he's erased them all. Right. Well, he's actually a, yeah. erased them. Yeah. There's wow. um and then this person on a message board now this this is tell me if this rings a bell because i want to know if this is bs or not this person says love kills to be was to be released after ashes to ashes they were going to shoot a video for it in mid-may the video was going to be very cool it was to feature this giant bird type scene nigel had gotten the inspiration from an old life magazine and then the girl would have been up on a cross. There was kind who of was? a scene that resembled who Silence said, of the who, Lambs. Who said, who, who had the vision of this? Uh, it says Nigel got the inspiration from an old Life magazine. Nigel? The manager. Oh, the manager? Yeah, Nigel. Love kills before. Or maybe Nigel, Nigel the soft. video director. Yeah, yeah. Nigel Dick? Yeah, maybe. No, I don't think it was Nigel Dick. No, no. So maybe Nigel the manager. I'm not sure. Nigel the manager. Well, either way, it's like, you know. Does that ring a bell at all? No. Okay. No, no. I mean, and it doesn't mean that 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 there was some type of creative thing that Vinny was thinking like that. It spoke to Nigel about it, passed on, and right. it winds up on a message board. But no, that's not something that was discussed to us. Okay. This is how we're going to do it. You know. Yeah. And again, I don't. I'm not just yeah. discounting what somebody's saying here because there actually might be something. It has validity, but well, I was already like a, checked out of it. You know? Yeah, because right. it's like that level of detail. It's like, who would know this? You know, Were you just, in on anything great. of the reason why Love Kills got chosen for a Nightmare on Elm Street movie? No, it was it, it, was, a, it was a really good song for that. It was a great song. It was a really yeah, good song that. for that for that movie. It was a really good song. Yeah. I think one of the listeners asked if that was planned on being a single regardless of being part of that movie. I don't know if there's... I don't know what was planned to be, you know, to, to be a single. And again, what what our our idea of a single or what it would be is is rock radio is in, in radio itself at that time. Yeah. You really didn't know what was going to work and what wasn't going to work. Right. Yeah. I think that Vinny's records, because they had the, the abundance of soloing on it, would already take you out of radio anyway because people 
found it to be fatiguing. Yeah. Right. You know, not saying that I I don't like it. I'm just saying that it's it's that's how. You don't usually hear a song on the radio that you goes don't. beyond a certain amount of there time. There is no pop radio. If there's no pop radio, room. there is no guitar. Right. I hate to say right. it, man. It's, true. it's keyboard and you know even White Snake when they redid you know Here I Go Again, yeah. they took the guitars out and became the keyboard thing because that's what they could win at pop radio. I mean, this is just part of how they do it in the record industry. Right. All they're trying to to, to not have something that is too over the top. It's going to fit in their little box format right. that they could put a lot of money on it and make tons more. Yeah. And there's no room for blistering guitar no. solos. Well, with the, no. Yeah, no. with all systems go, I know he recorded tons of long, drawn-out solos that the record company wound up going back and saying, cut that down. Yeah, no. Yeah, absolutely. Were you in favor of that? I think that, you know, for instance, that time of year, um, that time of year, yeah, yeah well, that was cut down. Yeah, the original solo that was cut down. The the A and R guy came in, which is Jeff Aldrich, and said, "No, dude, cut that down. Nobody's gonna like that. It's too over the top." Right. Vinny was like, "That's not what I do," and you yeah. know. So I mean, there's that tension between the label and him. Yeah. But you know, ultimately, it's more. It's probably the most melodic thing on that record, as far as. Da, 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 which is kind of like a Boston-y yeah, you know, right, I yeah. call it the, my, you know, the tribute to Tom Schultz it does sound like Tom Schultz it's a very Tom Schultz approach to yeah. me absolutely it's a um, great song so uh, and uh, this one of my friends it's a huge Vinnie Vincent fan want me to ask you on the All Systems Go Tour what happened with LA Guns at Harpo's in Detroit they got in an argument with our road crew and they got in a fight LA Guns LA Guns got in a fight with our road crew Okay. I guess there was a rumor that Benny pissed off one of the members of the band. Yeah, or I'm sure something like that did happen. <laughs> How are we doing, Matt? You're doing fine. Yeah, yes, good. doing fine. Thanks for being here. Let us know if we can do anything. All right, thanks. thanks. Thank appreciate you. it. Um, but yeah, okay. And um, was it uncomfortable doing the Boys Are Gonna Rock video having Fleischman's vocals on there? It was, well, the, the weird part of it for me is, is that remember a month before that I was teaching guitar. Right. Yeah. And then I was told by the label, go dye your hair. All lead singers are blonde. Right. So I'm like, fuck, really? Okay. So my hair goes light. And then we had Jeff, it was Jeff Stein who did the video, who did the Who's the Who's video. Right. And his whole thing was, let's just go over the top and blow everything up and do it. And we're like, okay, great. That's awesome. So we did it. That video was 26 hours to shoot oh, in a row. Oh, wow. 26 hours we did that video. That's insane. It was not. It was... It was nuts. Just like, okay, you guys stand there. We're going to light the guy on fire. And they light a guy on fire and he goes by. And, you know, he was not too far away you could feel the heat I bet yeah from this guy being totally on fire and he's just totally going wow that was amazing you know I'm just sitting there my hair is teased up I'm in you know I'm 6'1 and You're I've got like heels on so I'm like 6'5 six, 6'6 six, six, and I'm just going shit this is crazy you know and I don't have a guitar on I have a microphone what to do you must feel like so you're on I'm another like, planet or something yeah I'm just like you know hey how to get here you know but it, it was it was cool and again Robert and, and my vocals were very similar in that side of it, and I don't think there's anybody else who could have yeah. get in. That's why I got the gig, is because nobody else could do what I was yeah. doing. 
can we talk? Cause when I go through hard Oh Putting the O back in oh. rock It's just like a Oh 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 A hot knife Oh Yes 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 Listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. Tell me about uh, your memories of George Suet. George? George Babadi Adaboom. Uh, George Suet, uh, who was also the tour manager of KISS back in the day. Yeah, he's got a lot of connections. A lot of connections. George is a very focused man. Um, I think that, you know, Vinny, you know, George was in the beginning, it was like, we're going to do this, and then Linda's going to come out, and the next thing, Linda's out on, his wife's on the tour bus, and Linda's pulling in a per diem, and it's kind of like some of the stuff I'm looking at going, wait a second, why is the manager's wife pulling a per diem when she's just his wife out on the road? It was like a lot of that stuff I was going, this, if this is my, you know, my books, it wouldn't be doing it this way. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, when it broke, when it was when it was over, um, and and basically Vinny fired George. Um, you know I had no reason to be with George. Yeah. So then George calls me up, knowing that I had the record deal, and he says, "So, uh, so I'm your manager, you know, because I had to sign because I was with with Vinny. I had to sign a, a management agreement with him." And he sends me a thing. He, he calls me up and he goes. You know, I'm sending you a thing, and he and he sends a letter to basically say, "I am your manager." This and this and this. <laughs> I didn't even open the letter. I just wrote "deceased" on it. And <laughs> threw it back. <laughs> so then, about four days later, I get a very fucking funny mark. I'm not gonna go away. <laughs> Look, George has been a part of that whole Kiss crew. I don't have anything yeah. negative. You know, bottom line is, is you know that. Through meeting George and through meeting the whole side of it, we've all done well. George has done well. Do you ever talk to him anymore? No. That's like because it seems like he completely left the business. He left the business. Yeah. I know that he he had uh, he had a little bout with cancer. Oh, I spoke did. to him after that. Oh, okay. For for a minute, yeah. I called him up. So I know he right when the kiss reunion hey. happened, he managed Jason Peter, and then I think that was it. Yeah, him. and I said, hey, how you doing? Hey, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm all right. And. Uh, and you know again it was like you know he's I I think he was very good especially with with Peter and Ace of of getting them to the show and getting their mindset into a certain place and I think that that's part of really what he was good with even with Vinny in that side he was really good with that was he like a calming presence? he was very calm he was very centered and and, uh, again that's what Vinny needed. Right. Yeah. This was at that time. So did Ace and Peter. Yeah. 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 And so he. So. So. Does is he a good manager? I think he's a very good manager and did a very good job for certain people. Yeah. You know, for me, it was just kind of like you know. Um, you know, it, he was just out there. Yeah. Um, 
to get back to LA Guns real quickly, um, this person wanted to know, did you ask Tracy Guns to be a part of the Slaughter Project? He called me um, when we were done, when, when Vinny was over. Uh-huh. He says, you know how I play, you know how good I am. <laughs> And I said, I do know Tracy. Yeah. But, you know, here's Milk and Cookies, which is me and Mr. Fucking Vampire Hollywood. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, one of these things is not like the other. Yeah. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, there is a little bit of a different image, so to speak. And and now, in my mind, I was thinking, you know, more of just just the guys next door band and not overthinking, you know. Not not trying to get too deep into an image. It was really t-shirt and jeans. Just right. go out and freaking play rock. Right. Because yeah. yeah, Slaughter was never known as like a sleaze rock band no, or nothing like really that. Just kind of went out there. Yeah, just up. went up there and just like, okay, let's do this. Right. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was all about the music. Yeah. Well, which was a good decision in hindsight, considering mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah. Right. You know, because then you know you hit it big in the '90s. Really. Yeah. I mean, it was we were the last wave yeah. of, of of our genre. You got in right at the end, mm-hmm. and. Um, you got to see grunge swallow a lot of stuff up. I think the grunge just it was just uh, that was just the next phase of music. Yeah, it was bound to happen. Anyway. It was bound to happen. Whether you know, Kevin Sigerson from MTV said, "I'll never play Motley Crue, Slaughter, or Poison." And really? The, the head programmer at MTV said, "I'll never play wow. these bands again because he was good. a K Rock. He was the programmer of K Rock." Which is the alternative station in LA, right. and yeah. then he moves out to New York and then says, "I'll never play these bands." Well, there's your there you the biggest radio station says they're not going to play these bands. That was why it went flip, because the biggest radio station and then everything else followed. Right. Well, Again, there's nothing wrong with that. No. Nirvana's great. Soundgarden's amazing. You know, there's yeah. a lot of great bands out of that. Yeah. But then again, the same thing happened. They signed a bunch of bands that have nothing to do with that. Yeah. That. You know, sound like they should have stayed in the garage, and some of them that were brilliant. Right. Right. Yeah, I guess it's the yeah, same. You, it's you the got same that thing. Yeah. You know? It's the same yeah. thing from our genre. Yeah, you had it. I mean, you had it in the '80s too. Yeah, absolutely. With, with a lot of bands. Absolutely, and I'm not pointing out, you know. No, bands, I'm not but, naming names. But it's but it is what it is. Pretty boy Floyd, but um. Sorry. Um, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I said it. You didn't have to. Um, uh, Terry Green wanted to know who are your favorite local Nashville musicians to jam with. To, to, to play to play out here Ryan Cook yeah and Paul Paul Taylor, Paul Taylor. which is the yeah. the keyboard player from Winger yeah we've had him on yeah the they do the they do show. the rock show thing yeah. I like jamming with them there's a country player that that uh, we're gonna get together he's making guitars his, his dad was uh, Buck Owens guitar player oh, nice. uh, Forrest Lee and it's Forrest Lee Jr. that that uh, we're gonna actually. He does the finger picking, thing, yeah. Like John Five does that he's stuff. Derek. Yeah, and Derek St. Holmes. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's yeah. amazing. There's, there's a lot of, yeah. but there's just a lot of great musicians here. I mean, Brad yeah, Lifford's yeah. here, and it's the place to be. These but days. it's like, you know, I, we're not all getting out and doing stuff. But I wish we were doing more of it. Well, yeah, as I say, you should come down to that residency thing that goes on on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we talk about it. We we keep threatening and going to it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Everybody goes to it. Yeah, we we went out to it one day. Like it's like LA in 1988 all here. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's like, crazy. look at all these people with these awesome T-shirts. Yeah, right? Yeah. Exactly. It's like, where'd they get their Raven T-shirt? That's right? awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm a Nashville native, so, 
like I look around and I'm like, oh my god, like Buck Owens was the rock star when I was right. a kid. Right, sure, so, yeah, sure. And, he, and he's from Bakersfield. Right, yeah, but I mean, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, if you saw George Jones, that was a celebrity. Yeah, you know? sure. But, but which he, he's great. But like, he, I never thought I'd be sitting here with you at a restaurant. Yeah, in that's funny. In but, Nashville, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Nashville. Let me get a couple more listener questions. Hey, Jason Hummerding sent one in. He wanted to yes. know when uh, when the Vinnie Vincent invasion was over and you and Dana were going on. He wanted to know how did you guys find Bloss and Tim. Great question. Um, we had a our uh, publicist Deb Rosner basically she she put the word out that we were looking for players. So we ended up with you know I think five or six moving boxes, big moving boxes full of tapes oh, wow. and photos. I mean it was a lot to go through. Dan's like, oh sure, but you know you deal with that. You know that was my issue. So. Basically, the next thing you know, I had them all over our apartment. We shared an apartment. He had one side, I had the other. And it got to the point where I had so many things, and I talked to you know, some great guitar players but and, and, and drummers. But the funny thing is, is Bloss's picture was on the ground, and Dana's girlfriend said... You should, you should try him out. He's cute. He's cute. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, ladies love I said, that guy. And I said, oh, yeah, and I yeah. said, and I said, and I said, Dana, I go, you know, put put the other guy. We'll put him on the list too. All right. So that's I auditioned the drummers. Yeah. And then Dana went down in the beginning, and then he, him, and his, he said, you deal with it. Yeah. So then I, I actually met with all the drummers. Nick Menza was one of those oh, drummers. Really? Oh. And he he was and he was phenomenal, yeah. phenomenal drummer, and he could have worked for the band, but there was a thing that Bloss had that was just a different type of style and finesse that I thought you know, in that time the Tommy Lees and those guys he had something that was different, but it was still similar enough to where you yeah. kind of go, and he's blonde and so it's different. Yeah, it was a different thing. So I thought that visually is yeah. And, and then he talks to me about it, and he's a student of Bobby Rocks. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Oh, so, so it was kind of a natural transition. Yeah. Um, Tim, I was at a barbecue, and 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 a, for, with a friend, a friend of mine, and he lived with my friend, and we went into the apartment. And he goes, you know, I play guitar, and you know, he was a character the whole day, had me laughing, <laughs> awesome. and he sits there and he starts playing. I was like, oh my god, this guy's really good. So I said. Come down to the studio tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Come down to this. Come down to the studio tomorrow, and and uh, play for Dana. So John Sykes is in the back, which is an amazing oh, guitar. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's Dana, and I, we're in the one studio. This is in Cherokee, and he was in the lounge. And then so his friend comes in, sets up a little galleon Kruger amp, and Tim starts playing. And I said, I'll go get Dana. So then Dana comes around the corner listening. You're like, you know, who the hell is that? Is that John or you know? Yeah. And he goes, wow. He goes, no, oh, nice playing, man. He goes, man, he goes, listen, I'm your guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I said, I told Dana, I said, he's really funny. And I just give him a second. And he goes, I'm your guy. I'm telling him I'm your guy. He goes, look, I'll tell you the truth. He goes, I'm, 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 I'm a short fuck. He goes, he goes, I'm, I'm balding, and I've got a small dick, but I can play guitar wow. great. And Dana goes, and Dana says to me, and this is his cell job, I love yeah, this I guy. Full yeah. So like, it's just like, you know, it, it, that was, that was his, that was like what he said. I couldn't believe it came out of his mouth. 
but it was like one of those things that we knew that that that, that tension that we had with Vinny. All of a sudden, right. here's this guy who played amazingly yeah. and was just a freaking. Every day was a laugh with this guy. I laughed Sounds more. Like you know, <laughs> loved him. Yeah. I had yeah. great times with him, and every every story I ever mention or anybody who's known Tim yeah. will will smile yeah. because he was the, he okay. was a character. Yeah, for <laughs> including sure. Zach Wild. I said, you know, because I was talking to Zach one time, and I said. Man, I because I love Zach's playing. I said, dude, you're one of the best inherently just natural playing. He goes, hey, man, don't mess with little Timmy. He was a badass. And I go, yeah, well, he was a badass. Was yeah. yeah. <laughs> Entertaining on and yeah. off stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and super awesome. I remember being, we went and seen a Slaughter in Appleton one yeah. year. Uh-huh. And it was me and my buddy Jason that asked this question. And he, uh, we're standing there, and all of a sudden, like, we turn around. There's Tim Kelly standing, like, right behind us, like, Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what are you doing? You know, he just yeah, was no, popped out there. He was, he was just one of the shooting the shit with one us. You know, it was so yeah. cool. He he was like the music fan. If he wasn't up on the stage, he was the guy in the audience going, yeah. you know, that rocks with his fist in the air. Yeah, because we were at the show. There cool. he was. Yeah. He loved, he died loving what he did yeah. and what he did with the band and, and this style of music. Yeah. 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 You know, it's which always, is awesome. It's always the so good ones awesome. that you taken from us. Too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So where can sure. where can people go to get the new album? Yeah, I need to here's get here's what I'm going to do. I'm, we're putting it out. I'm actually getting uh, it's all iDiddy downloads okay. at this point. Maybe right. a link in the show new. notes. Um, it's and you know what? I thought it was a better way of doing it, uh, but then yeah, markslaughter.com where okay. where they can find it, but. Ultimately, to me, I thought it was a better idea to do it in a digital download because if you go to Best Buy, there are no CDs. Right. right. And there is no DVD. I've got more you know, CDs than Best Buy. And, and, it's, and it's one of those things you kind of, sadly, you go, you go, where, where, what am I going to do with all these CDs? Right. Um, and I thought that was more of a groundbreaking thing to do something different. Um, but then the first thing that came out is on people on my on the Facebook and on the website, you're welcome, was that they said, when are you going to have CDs? <laughs> so um, I just ordered those, and I'm going to release them at the same time as I'm releasing it in Europe on Escape Music. Okay. Because it's going to be released in, in, a, in Escape Music out there. Okay. So the European side will have their own. There's a totally different distribution, and they're going to do, gotcha. do it there. And then I'm going to control... Thunder Spirit Records here in the States. Okay. Well, I'll take the, I'll take the check. Is the European release going to have bonus tracks? Because I know a lot of people... There actually might... There might be... There might be on that, but uh, if we do that... If we do... Uh, I had that back in the day. If we do a Japan thing, which we're working on, I do have an extra track. Awesome. And it was one I did in 1991 on my own. Okay. All right on. Wow. So it was just... Yeah, she... Thank you. You're welcome. And she she heard. I said, you think you know? Because they said, you know, this like typical thing in Japan. You know, you, we have a special track for. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 I kind of understand us. now, but yeah, I hate the fact that all these. Well, that's the only way that they can do it. That's the only way they can get it. So I said, well, I don't have anything. New. I have new songs, but I don't want to put them on as a special track. And then I turned to her and I said, well, what do you think of this song? I played her song. She said, oh yeah, you should put that out. Cool. But. It was uh, it was a pretty cool, you know, just pretty cool little thing that I did in between Slaughter in 1991 that I wrote with a lady who had some lyrics, and I did the same type of thing. I wrote the song, right, and uh, played everything on it, yeah. and, and it was right during the Gulf War. Oh, it was okay. about it's like a almost like a 
Peace for Tomorrow was the name of the song. Okay. Slaughter but it was, fans will love it. Slaughter fans yeah, would like so it. I was it's in kind the of. For, so what's that? I was in the Gulf War. Well, I actually missed y'all's story with yeah. Kiss because I was in Iraq. Well, I wrote the song, which is actually. So. I'll, I'll make sure that you guys get that song. I'll make sure that we, we send it so, to you. Very cool. Um, it, is, it is one of those things that I threw it down and I did it as a demo to put it out. It was more of not a thing to throw it out with the band or anything else. And of course, the record company flipped out. My band thinks that I'm going to go off and do a solo. <laughs> Everybody flips out when it's just well, me did. being just an artist. Yeah, you're just doing right. a song. Yeah. yeah, I was just doing a song that I felt that was speaking from my heart. Sure. And it was a really emotional song for me. Yeah. Because I was, it was, you know, we, we were we're in when, when the Gulf War hit. We were in uh, we were in England, and thank you. We we're driving up to Scotland, and it was foggy on the wrong side of the road. And it was fucking cold and wet. And the guy says, "The United States have just declared war." And the, you know, and it was like we it was left, like it was like yeah. it was like a movie. We yeah. left to fly over there. I was stationed in Arizona. We left like three days before Stevie Ray died. Right, and so. The paper, somebody was getting the paper over there from the States, and it would take three weeks to get there. Right. So it was about three more weeks before I got the paper. We were only there, we were only there like a week with Cinderella, because Tom's like, I'm not, I, I'm going home, yeah. I'm not going to do it. So yeah. it was a trying time. Yeah. So. Wow. And it was, and, and uh, it was really... Your and then album I, got me through a lot of good days. I heard, so. I've heard that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There was only so many tapes I could take. You know, you know what? It, it's, them, it's, so. I've had guys say, man, I fucking tore it up, man. And we were in the tank and we were just... And, you know, and I hear this and you just, you know, it's your music. It's your yeah. art. And, and, you know, this, this like this record that I did, yeah. as you guys listen to it, it becomes more of a part of your life. Of That's course. what I make music for. Yeah. Right. When it starts to become something that you listen to and you go, man, that's freaking, that's cool. Yeah. And like takes you someplace. Yeah. Takes you to a, a, a place as opposed to just putting music out for the sure, sake man. of putting something out. Or I don't even need taking to put you away out. from someplace. Yeah. You know? And I'm making, I, I think what it is with all this stuff is I just want to be an artist. I just want to continue to start making more, more music with other artists and do other things. That's really where my head's at is I just want, I just love the, that aspect. Yeah. Because as an artist, you don't want to keep it inside. You know, you can't stifle it. It's, it's going to, your head will blow up eventually, I think, well, if you don't get the artistic creativity out. You know well, what I mean? the thing is, 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 I've done stuff with film and, and other stuff like that, and, and it's cool, but it's like, ultimately... You, you just, you just. He has music in the middle of the night. I will wake yeah. up. I will literally, and and I'm hearing literally orchestras. Wow. And I just go, God dang it! And I mean, I can't Did sleep. You hear it? I was wow. I'll literally hear music. <laughs> I mean, it's it's that plain. I go, is there like I hear music wow. playing? So if I, if I walk over to my studio, which is you know around the corner, mm-hmm. I walk in the studio. I can just. Wham! And just throw something out with, with, you know, all kinds of shit firing off. Deep in her heart, which is on the record, yeah. Michael has it pulled back a bit. Uh-huh. But at some point, I'll one of these days, I'll play you guys yeah. some of the stuff that's behind it. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. Huh. I can I can just listen to the orchestra and the choir I did behind it. Right. Yeah. What I did is I actually did a choir. There's a program where you can type in the lyrics phonetically. And then I wrote the orchestra parts, and the and so it's an orchestra, a, a, a men's choir, a women's choir, and a boys' choir. Wow! 
Wow. There's wow. 200 all tracks. All layered in there? Yes, Holy and shit. it's all in there. Wow. And to listen to it, if I just isolate the tracks and go down like this and listen to yeah. it, you just go, oh, my God, that's freaking crazy. Yeah. It's a totally different. But you can't fit a damn through a straw. Right. right. Yeah, you, you have to know but it's, but it's there. Yeah. But it's there. Yeah, well, my, and I know it's there. Cool. It reminds me of like when uh, Michael was playing us the... Uh, which uh, see you on the other side from the mm-hmm. Nazis, the sure. one he did with them, and like was bringing up all these extra voices and stuff he had. Yeah, and that's it, such a trip. It sounded way more epic with what yeah. he had done with it. And yeah. He's like, yeah, the record company didn't like that. I'm like, oh no, my God. they didn't well, because they were trying to chase. The, they were trying yeah. to chase yeah. the new thing. Yeah, they told him right. make it sound like some in '89 or '90. That was been great. Oh, yeah, it was beautiful. Was... I mean, like, there's there like a saxophone solo that's on it. Well, that's right. And I literally played and deep in her heart. I heard a sax, so I found. I found a, a sample of a sax and I played what I heard in my head on the beginning of the song. That's great to be able to do that. But it's so, yeah, yeah. it is. As an artist, you just kind of go, okay, so I've been doing this in black and white. Yeah. So there's all the colors. Right. So now now it's kind of like, okay, now I'm going to do something else. Yeah. But it's it's one of those things that when I did it, it was, it was kind of therapeutic for me because right. I could actually imagine this besides just being... Uh, in a band like doing slaughter stuff that the stuff that I hear in my head I can actually get out right and if I heard a tuba which is in some things or if I heard like you said a mandolin yeah I'll put it on I just did it just played it same thing with the in circle flight that was just a I I wrote that for a friend of mine's celebration as as he passed away oh really he called me up and said he made me the flute and he said someday I want you to play this huh wife calls up and says he died from cancer oh, can you wow. do can you make some music for this no and I, he learned how to play I, Indians. I literally just went and I figured it out and I wow. wrote a piece of music and I threw it on the record wow. and it was awesome. in circle flight because in the in in the Native American side of it he, his brother had passed away and he said that an eagle flew around in circle flight as he was building the flute oh, wow. and it landed wow. on the tree next to him wow. and he talked to the eagle saying Hi, brother. How are you? Because that's how they right. believe that yeah, the nature, they come, their right. spirits come through the animals. Yeah. And then the, the eagle went up and went a couple of times around and took off. So I wrote, that's wow. what the song is yeah. in Circle oh, Flight on incredible. the, on the record. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So there's all these like things to yeah. me. That's what I'm saying. It's like there's some, some pretty cool things on the record. Yeah, and cool. it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. It was just really doing it. That's a stream of consciousness. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Which is, you know, which is what you start out doing music like. You, yeah. you start out wanting to create art and because mm-hmm. and, you love it. You like a Kiss song because it makes you feel a certain way. Right. You know? Well, it's like I heard an interview with Paul Stanley. He was talking about, like, they went through all their old albums and were talking about each song and how it was made. And I think they were talking about Come On and Love Me. And he's like, I was just writing about what I knew, and it poured out of me. And you could put a gun to my head today, and I couldn't write it again. You know, because it's different when you're in your 20s. When you're in your 20s. Yeah. And it is. It just comes out of you. And you know, the Stick It To Your Record was written in two and a half weeks. Wow. Wow. 
it wasn't it wasn't something I, I look back on it and, you know and I thought to me I just thought is this song too much like this band and this song too much like that and is this song too much like this and I realized it's, it's funny that my lawyer Jeff Light called up and he goes you know it has a little things like Zeppelin and things like Kiss da 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 he goes but the slaughter yeah yeah and it was just such a kind of a revelation yeah. to me that somebody said, you know, so basically it's all those influences yeah. who I have, and that's and ultimately what makes me me yeah. right. with my voice. And I haven't heard it. I don't yeah, think I've heard anybody bring it up, yes. but I, I hear Aerosmith and, and sure. influence in some of your stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even on the new album, too, mm -hmm. some of the riffing. Uh, yeah, there's some, some stuff in there. Sound to yeah, it. you're right. Yeah. And, and the treatment sonically, the way I recorded the guitar, would be something like that. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's where I came from. Right. It's, the, it's how I would hear the guitar, because I think they would have a tight delay on it instead of it just being mm -hmm. just straight up. Right. There might be a tight delay in that, or a tight room, I should say. Mm -hmm. And the, the rooms change. Yeah. Do their different things. And that's what a lot of these bands would do. They'd open up the room in this song, and then they pull the room, because that's, that's what they, how we did different things when tape was around. Right. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah. Michael and I laugh about that all the time. Remember the days you did this, didn't yeah. you do that? Yeah, oh, I had the tape here. And, oh, yeah, and, we... Uh, yeah, he said he never cut tape. He had yeah. somebody to do that. Oh, yeah, he's like, I don't do that. He's <laughs> like, somebody did. else gets Dana the to play that. Tape. I'll yeah. never forget when we edited the whole record, because there's so much excess tape. It was in a small room, and... I looked over at him and we were both laughing because we were up to our knees in tape. Wow. You just throw that away? Just it was like all trash. Incinerator? Yeah, it was all trash. And I, I'll never. I looked over at him and I said, I said, this is. A, I said, no, this is a moment. He goes, this is a moment. Yeah. Because wow. two things: we had finished the record. Yeah. And that we were up to our knees in tape. Was that always wow. a conscious decision to self-produce? Yeah. You didn't ever want to bring anyone else in. The only person we would have brought in would have been Mutt Lang or somebody who, you know, I felt that was yeah. further than where we were. Right. Okay. Again, that didn't. Not saying that they didn't influence us. Yeah. Or Bob Claremont or you know, any of these guys. Yeah. Well, yeah, when I go through this discography, I'm like, these guys, this is DIY everything. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you They're said, you, you owned yeah. everything too. Yeah. Along the, along the way. Publishing, which is rare. Yeah, yeah it is. And especially, and you know, also bands when they fall on hard times, even Kiss did it. They sold their whole catalog, you know, and it happens a lot. Well, we we still have our publishing, and uh, but it's 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 odd in that side of it because you know each one of these records, there's always something different. Yeah, and it's a different, you know, Revolution is different than Fear and No I Evil. Love Revolution, yeah. and, and, it was and, too. Yeah. for the time that Revolution came out. It was just a really great. I like the record, but it was hard for me because Tim had gone through some some difficult things, and he had a, a really emotional breakdown after that. And uh, I played some guitar in that, a lot of guitar in that record. And to me, it just reminds me it was a it was a change, but it was also there was a lot of hardship yeah. that had just happened so with Tim. Here and it kind of takes you back to it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That album has a darker vibe. It does. Oh, totally. And you know, like, uh, like having a prize, that's, you know, some of the yeah, guitar yeah. solos on that are me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because Tim, Tim couldn't do certain things. And and then when Blando, when we did the record with Blando, it was like... Back to reality. Yeah. Back to reality. Yeah, we, we went in and wrote it as a band, and I played a telly. Mm -hmm. I was in this whole, like, Led Zeppelin 
in through the yeah. outdoor phase where I thought I want to play a B-bender which yeah. is very Nashville right yeah, yeah you totally. know the way you play it but it, it gave me a different approach on guitar yeah. that I'm actually going back to now I'm actually getting a B-bender made so I can oh, okay. take it out on the road but yeah that album also had a darker tone to it yeah. also yeah. back to reality um, yeah Fear No Evil as far as is probably my favorite of all of them to me to me for for sonically it's my favorite yeah. sounding record yeah, because I like big sounding albums. Well, and you yeah. know what? That was the last, last drums that were recorded at Pasha's studio. Oh, really? Oh, wow. They tore it down after that. Oh, okay. And I, that was hard to see any studio go down. Sure. The other side of it was is that's where Dina learned a lot of his stuff through Pasha. And yeah. Again, Quiet Right drums yeah. were recorded there. Yep. Frankie yeah. Benelli cut oh, yeah. everything there yeah, and yeah. that's where we cut yeah, the drums because it was a special yeah. room yeah. Yeah. and that's part of that room yeah, we had the room mics cranked on that right. it just sounds so good oh um, your interview with Alex you had mentioned that Diana called you before she passed away Vinny's wife no she called or she was trying to reach she, she called Bobby oh okay and said oh, wow. said I'd like to talk to Mark uh, Bobby said, hey, Holmes, is it cool? And I go, no, absolutely not. Any idea what she was wanting? No. I don't know. Just odd. didn't want to get mixed just, up in that. I just don't want anything to do with Vinny yeah. or well, something. Well, I can't blame you. Yeah. And, it, you know, again, I've done nothing but wish the guy well. Of course, yeah. But I, it's just, you know, yeah, I've moved on. Working's a different story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I've moved on. Yeah, you know? totally. Oh, and Robert told me the same thing. He was like... Because, like, Vinny put out something about, like, wanting to re-record a all systems go. With yeah. Robert. Yeah. And I brought that up to Robert, like, what do you think about it? He's like, no. He's like, I'll never work with the guy again. Yeah. It's like, he's too crazy. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I wish him well, but I have no desire bad. to work with the man again. It's too bad. Yeah. Well, you know what? The cool the cool thing is with technology is that you can work with anybody now. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, with I don't know Robert. where that's going to take us, but it... it just for me to be able to do the drums with the guy out in Vegas and do everything here yeah. was just groundbreaking for me. Yeah. To be able to just say, no, you know the backbeats in this part? Dun, 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 dun. Okay, sure, I'll knock it around. Send right. it back. Boom. There it is. Wow, shit, there it is. <laughs> you know? But to have that discussion as it un- unfolds yeah. is really cool. Mark did a phenomenal job. Yeah, the drumming job. on that album's yeah. good. Yeah. He did a great job. I almost thought it was Zoltan. When I was listening to it, because it's it's similar in style to how he plays. See, there you go. Now, to, thanks to modern technology, you can have a Vinnie Vincent invasion reunion. You don't ever even have to see the guy. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I don't have to see him. But all I want, don't even have to talk to him. Right. Yeah. You don't have to all he has to do is lay down some tracks, and we're good. Did you and Dana ever consider bringing some of the old back catalog into the Slaughter Live set? Just for kicks, or can you? Yeah, we do. We talk about it. Ashes to ashes will go over pretty well. Yeah, we've yeah. talked about it. Yeah. And, and and again, it's one of those things that, that you know, every once in a while at a sound check, I'll look over and when I got my guitar and I'll start busting into it, I'll look at you. Yeah. <laughs> smiling, kind of smirky when smiling. When I saw like you that. at the scrap metal show at the Custom Shop Jam, y'all like were on stage and I was right in the front and. Uh, it was like a part where y'all were like, what do y'all want to hear? What do y'all want to hear? You and know, and I yelled out, love kills, and you heard me, and you gave me like the dirtiest look. <laughs> and I felt like, 
Oh, no, 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 no. Because <laughs> I wanted to hear it, man. I was He's like, played a little bit. Of I, I've done, done so I've done it all once in a while. Yeah. I just feel I've done it acoustically. Like, no, no, I, I don't have a problem with it. It's funny. It's just that it's just like. If, in a dirty look, it's not that. Oh, I'll never play that. It's a dirty look of like, well, nobody else here would have any. Well, I thought you thought that. Like, yeah. you remember that song? Yeah, like, yeah. No, it's that? like somebody does, but that yeah. doesn't mean that everybody else is is right. going to understand it. You know, usually you're and dealing with, with the masses. Crowd, I remember the people that were there. I would have yeah. been the only one yeah. even though. Yeah, they would. They wouldn't get so. it. Did you uh, Did you try out for Racer X? I did. Okay. Yeah. One of my friends. I wanted me to ask you about that. Mike Varney called me and said and here's the funny part of it he said I was already talking to Vinny at the yeah. time I had several things in, in but Racer X he sent me the, a tape and, and Mike says what would you do on this Mike Varney so I just I went into like a four track recorder in my bedroom and I just wrote some lyrics out and I just sang a, a, a harp, some, some lyrics and stuff yeah. and sent it over to, to Mike and then I ended up joining Vinny's band. Oh. But it's funny because I, some people close. told me, yeah, no. yeah, and he said, you know, oh, it's it's, it was some of the stuff was used, and I was like, oh, okay, who cares? <laughs> Would have been interesting. Great guitar player. Yeah, great guitar player. Oh, I had uh, you gave me kind of a look when I brought up Rick Fox earlier. Rick Fox is well. I, the the look is is if it wasn't for Rick Fox's sin, I wouldn't have had Vinny Vincent. Oh, really? Because I was called to go sing backgrounds on the Sin record. That's where I met Dana. Okay. Yeah, because he he claimed that a song called On the Run basically got used and turned into Let Freedom Rock. <laughs> well, yeah. The, yeah, absolutely. That's true. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Vinny, Vinny said, I don't care. We're like, you know, dude, you don't do that. Yeah, like, I don't care. It's unethical. He's like, it's a good riff. Who cares? Let him, let him sue me. Fuck him. And he did. Yeah. yeah. And then Betty filed bankruptcy. Yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. But you know, Rick, on that on that record, and that's where here you want to talk about full circle. Right. Guess who sang backgrounds on that record? Or that demo? It was the guys in black and blue. Tommy Thayer and I were rubbing which elbows. Which demo? Sin. You mean Rick Ace? Fox's, the new Spaceman? <laughs> no, Rick Fox's Sin. Oh. We sang backgrounds you on the there. run. Tommy wow. Thayer was in the background. No kidding. Wow. That's wild. He was world. he was in he was on they were just was, uh, no it, was, it wasn't that was, it was we've got your rock is the one that we did okay. that he was with me. I sang oh. some of the other stuff my you know I stayed the whole night and sang right. but that's oh. when Dana saw what I could do and that's when I the, it started to open that door interesting see that's not the story Vinny said Vinny said that it cost him ten thousand oh, dollars so you sent a demo tape a, without your address that was, on that it that was him that was, that was, that was his whole way. let's let's think of a great story <laughs> yeah. so that yeah. makes it look and well, like I'm like whatever I know. saw an MTV interview where y'all were both hosting or something he said it and you were just sitting there like what do you say that's what yeah. everybody's right. going with you story. have to go with the and that's when I was thinking line. like he doesn't let this guy talk at all like no yeah. No, they they don't want to hear me talk. That's funny. Friend brought up, I'd put it all straight up. <laughs> friend brought up the uh, thing with you wearing shit. roller skates. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, did, did Mark want to be in a band wearing roller skates or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
It's funny because I said, I'm going to swear roller skates and stuff. And I used outside shit like that to Vinny. And Vinny go, what? And I'd be like, he's he's talking and I'm roller skating on the MTV, on MTV and Headbangers while I'm going back and forth. And he's he's like, would you stop? You know? But that was kind of what it was. I was like the kid. Yeah. Well, and, yeah and he was like, up, right? yeah. Like, and I was like, who cares? Yeah, this old. is your dream coming true, He hasn't right? changed. I haven't changed at all. That's good. Through a friend yeah. of mine, Jess Harnell, Just he's one of the cast members. He, and... Yeah, and he did voices, and we were buddies, and and we we used to run around and. and I like freaked out around. when I heard that was you. I was like, no yeah, way! Some of the like, stuff on there. Was Bobby Rock ever considered it as a chance to be in Slaughter? He he played with us for a tour with Whitesnake, actually. Yeah, he played with us, and and he's he's a great drummer. Um, I think that you know it was one of those things that for us it's like he had a. He has a whole, the whole, you know, giant set and the complexity and the musicianship and and our thing is really more about kind of like what Zoltan is doing is it's just about kind of the mayhem of just yeah. we're there to entertain, right. we're there to keep the party rolling, we're there, we're the guys that that still do what we love to do, we still have a great time doing it. Yeah, I heard an awesome. interview with Bobby on a friend of mine show called Mars Attacks and. He had said, you know, because my friend had asked him, you know, why didn't you hook up with Mark and Dana for Slaughter? And he said it wasn't a matter of not wanting to. It was just a matter of after everything you guys had been through, he just kind of wanted to move on for a while. I th- you know, and, and, it, and it honestly was. Yeah. And it, it, it was it was something that he believed in. He, he, you know, we all knew of the talent pool there yeah. but I think it was just so hard and it was such a difficult thing that even from going that it was like you feel like you're dragging something along with you that 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 would continue yeah. into your next yeah. relationship let's yeah. put it that way sometimes you need some space right yeah. and I, I love Bobby he's like a brother to <clears throat> yeah, me yeah he, he still he claimed it was nothing personal no 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 yeah. and still this day uh, you know I, he's uh, he's one of the best he's like a freak show drummer you know, yeah, just, yeah. just as much as Zoltan is an entertaining drummer Bobby is one of the most complex incredible drummers that I know yeah period well to play the the parts he played on Invasion was oh it's stupid yeah. it's stupid and, and you know we, we shared a room together when we were on the road so it was like I he'd sit around and he'd do these you know look Holmes I'm doing this with my feet and doing this with my hands and do, like he had just some complex things and I go man that's like freaky shit yeah I still don't <laughs> you know, know how drummers do what they do I really do oh I can't yeah. yeah I don't get it it's baffling I'm the yeah. you know the nice part of it is when I did put the guitar down is I could go into the frozen food section of the store and take my instrument with me I mean I never I don't have to worry about setting <laughs> this up or doing that yeah. I just walk in and go okay yeah Mike's on okay we're ready right. to go I hear so let's um, I know we gotta wrap up because we're closing but um Let's uh, let's pick a listener question that you like the best. Okay. So, the ones we went through were um, growing up with a famous father. Um, yeah, so that one gets my. Uh, I think the Sergeant Slaughter gets my vote. That's funny. Let's see. I'll see. I yeah. bet you nobody's ever asked yeah, you that before, does. right? Uh, that see, was that calls for different. something, right? Um, what you've done to take care of your voice. I uh, see. What how what you write how you write the process. Um, Zoltan stealing the show. I like that um, one too. Did you know Love Kills was for the Nightmare on Elm Street 4 soundtrack or was it going to be a single? Um, and then uh, let me ask one more. Okay. And, I, and it's a two parter. 
Were there any other Kiss songs rehearsed with the invasion from the Creatures or Lick It Up CD for the live set? And are there any pro shot videos from the Vinnie Vincent Invasion era or the first Slaughter tour with Kiss? For the Vinnie Vincent era, the only thing that I'm aware of is when we played Rock and Roll Heaven in Toronto and right. it's a club. Well, that's okay. the one that's on YouTube. And it's yeah. the one that's on YouTube. Right. And, I, and I remember looking out at the soundboard and seeing the light going on going, this is re being recorded. Like, it wasn't even something that was, I thought, like, oh, wow, this is... Yeah. You're like, uh-oh. But, you know, I was just like, ah, eh, who cares? I mean, we already, you know, it was already, yeah. who cares? And uh, so that's the only one that I know of in existence okay. of that. And with, with uh, Kiss, MTV was at our first show with Kiss. With Kiss. Uh -huh. So they might have some B roll okay. or stuff on there because yeah. they did shoot us uh, a okay. little bit. And that was the very first show we ever did with Slaughter. Oh, okay. Wow. We well, never played cool a club, that. never played a club, never played anywhere because we put the band together in the studio yep. and we just went out and did the, that was our first show and another note on that when we came off the stage our record company president and the CEO had gold records for us nice in our wow. classroom so it was first Kiss show which is awesome yeah yeah. Just, uh, lots yeah. Of now. okay enough folks yeah. and then you know the fact that it was you know 11,000 people yeah. During that, then we get the gold record on top of that. And That's not bad for your first show. Was like, yeah. this is we're yeah. doing okay, this folks. Yeah, wow, this what's going to okay. happen on the second <laughs> show? We got to plan the lockdown. Right. So, so which of those questions do you want to pick as the, as the winner? Um. God, that's hard hard to say as far as the questions. They're all pretty good questions. They're all pretty good you gotta questions. you got to pick one. I'd say probably in the writing side of it. The writing side? Because yeah. I think that's something that, that is is probably the most personal okay. to me. All right. Well, because that's one of the things that I continue to do still this day. And when you question when you question somebody, you know, you know, why do you drive a garbage truck? Well, you know, yeah. you, you question it for a second. Well, because they pay great money and da -da, whatever it is, yeah. right. you know, you, you, it makes you think about it for a second. I sure. think it's pretty cool. Okay. So, Mike Davis, you're the winner. All right. We'll get awesome. that print out to you, signed by Mark. Um, and uh, I'm going to do one trivia question. Uh, okay. You can ask it. Fans to answer any trivia question about your career. I'll answer it off. Okay. Yo, Billy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is, what is the name of the of the second excursion record? Name of the second excursion record. Yes. Okay. Nice. All right, folks. Put it to you. I don't First know person that. to answer that question at feedbackdecibelgeek.com will win it. Not Billy. Not Billy. You're getting your autograph tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Um, yeah, I think that that wraps it up. That's cool. awesome, man. Thanks so much cool. for Very doing cool. this. Oh, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. man how cool was that answered everything i threw at him and you threw at him and and the listeners threw and at the him listeners and threw at him some and great questions yeah he uh he i did. just i couldn't wait to ask him the sergeant slaughter question <laughs> that was to a, me that's the winner that's the world yeah i right like that there. one quite a bit too and uh, i bet she's never been asked that before i probably not that that maybe some of these other questions it. too because like you say you like we started out at the beginning of the show you know what's the most the question you get asked the most you know and then now here's a whole bunch of stuff you probably don't normally get Asked. Well, and, and I had the amount of the Vinnie Vincent fans came out with with in droves for right. their questions. And Mark Slaughter did not dodge any nope. one of those questions. Nope. He was upfront, honest, and awesome. Yeah, I kept waiting for him to say 
I don't think we want to talk about that or something along those lines. But he never did. He never did. He answered everything I could have wanted to know. So, so cool. Yeah, hopefully that uh, that put a, a lot of things to bed for people. Man. I still trip out sometimes that here we are sitting at a booth at O'Charlie's with Mark Slaughter. I remember being a teenager <laughs> listening to the Vinnie Vincent Invasion and listening to them early Slaughter CDs. Yeah. And it's like, here we are. Yeah. This is amazing. And yeah. we get to share it with you guys. Absolutely. You know, it's beautiful. It's the most fun. And then, you know, and as I mentioned in the interview, um, the this is the third person that was on stage the f- night of my first Kiss concert. That's right, and you know, and just that alone it just warms my heart because like you know, Bruce had Bruce and Gary Corbett and now Mark. So I got we got to get somebody from Danger Danger to come on the show next. I guess. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Ted or, Poley. Or this this guy sold peanuts at Starwood that <laughs> night. <laughs> Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. But yeah, um, that's us. As, as you heard uh, at the end there, Mark asked that trivia question. Did you get it? Did if, you hear it? If you know the answer, email to feedback at decibelgeek.com. The first person with the correct answer will get an autographed print that was taken by Chad Lee for Mark's new uh, album, Reflection in a, Reflections in a Rearview Mirror. If you haven't heard it yet, you are well, missing it. You've up. heard clips of it throughout the show. Yeah, you need to go get the real deal because yeah. it is awesome. Yeah, please And I, I've read that pretty soon. Actual CDs are available. Yeah, he's he's working through that now. I can't wait. And, uh, yeah, he's Mark is a super nice guy, and I really hope to have him back for an album's Unleashed in the future. He, he tentatively definitely. already said he would do it, so we'll hopefully hold him to that. And you know what album we're going to pick i mean we are the decibel yeah, yeah. podcast <laughs> i think uh all systems but we'll will also, go but we'll also do slaughter once <laughs> absolutely week. anytime mark slaughter wants to come back on the show he is more than welcome more than how welcome. cool that guy was and uh also if you're uh check out decibelgeek.com the new website and be on the lookout if you don't win one of the new one of the autograph pictures from this episode we have more and we will be giving more away but you'll have to go to the website to find the contest link that's the only way yep so, Aaron, uh, I'm pretty happy with how this one turned out. Me too, man. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. This and is fantastic. Uh, we'll see you next week, folks. See you.